The following information is intended for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice. The views expressed do not reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result. On Memorial Day weekend 2020, as the United States was slowly reopening venues to the public after the COVID-19 crisis, Dr. Rashid Batar hosted a medical conference in a hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina. No one thought it was possible, but because Dr. Batar stood his ground and declared his First Amendment rights, the conference proceeded. It was the only medical conference in North America during this sensitive time. And Dr. Batar is now sounding the alarm again, this time about mandatory vaccinations and your rights. And he's about to give you a health awakening. Well, you may have seen my guests lately on television because there's a lot of talk about vaccines and COVID-19 and all the rest of it. Uh, Dr. Rashid Batar, welcome to The Health Awakening, sir. Thank you. When you got into medicine, I'm assuming, uh, you know, it was just like a regular medical uh, journey. Uh, when was it that you knew something was amiss with the medical industry? Oh, that was probably when I was in, I was a resident in general surgery at Brook Army Medical Center in Fort Sam Houston, San Antonio, Texas. And Actually, there was an article written about that years ago, probably over 20 years ago now, but um, it was in the surgical intensive care unit. And there was a patient that was uh, in the unit from some uh, acceleration, deacceleration, blunt trauma. And uh, I just remember they were giving the patient a certain type of fluid and it didn't make any sense. And I challenged it to the senior resident. I said, well, why are we giving him this one? We should be giving him this. And their senior resident looked at me like I was crazy and said, because that's how we've always done it. And it, it just didn't make sense to me just because we've always done it that way. Um, you know, because we've been always making wheels out of uh, rocks like cavemen did, doesn't mean we still continue to make wheels out of rocks type of thing. You know, we, so it was, that was probably my first inkling. And, uh, and as time went on and you see certain things, you see things that have been published that are, categorically wrong. You see things that are being promoted that aren't correct. And, um, or you see things that are being promoted that are completely in violation of basic human physiology, how the body works. And, you know, vaccines are a perfect example, great concept. Um, that's how the body works to get completely defies every aspect of normal human physiology. We, we say that it's being given to children to safeguard them, yet we're giving it at a time when one, the body can't seroconvert, so the immune system hasn't even developed yet, so that we give it on the first day of the planet, and yet the immune system isn't fully developed till probably a year to two years out. Some, some researchers say not till they're 10, 12, 14 years old, does the immune system not mature. So we should at least be waiting for the first six months, probably 90% certainty, we should be waiting till at least the first year if we give anybody vaccines because we know that they can't seroconvert. We know they can't create antibodies. The immune system is incapable of creating antibodies. So why are we giving a vaccine? And then we give them vaccines that contain components in there that are neurotoxic, that are immunosuppressive, that are detrimental to the body. And the body's mechanism of clearing those substances, the alimentary tract, the gastrointestinal tract, isn't fully developed for the first year of life anyway. So now we're giving them poisons on top of uh, the supposed desire to 
boost their immune system, but the immune system can't respond and the poisons are being retained in the body. And now those poisons are actually like formaldehyde, nickel, mercury, uh, DNA addicts, these things suppress the immune system further. So if our goal is to increase the immune system, why are we giving immunosuppressives along with this supposed vaccine that they can't even respond to? And then we're giving them, trying to protect them from diseases like hepatitis B that does not affect uh, an individual uh, unless they are certain risk factors like they're a doctor or a nurse because they're exposed to people with the hepatitis B or they're an IV drug user or they're a prostitute. So are we really concerned that our newborn babies are going to become a doctor or a nurse or a prostitute or an IV drug user before the age of 10? Because the hepatitis B vaccine is only supposed to be good for 10 years. So, I mean, these are just absurdities on top of stupidities on top of other absurdities. And it's all done in the, in, under the pretense of public safety under the guise of science. And there's nothing scientific about it. It violates every aspect of human physiology and it's idiocy at best. Um, and that's why I say idiocy at best is because on the other side of the spectrum, if it's not idiocy, then it's highly suspect. The agenda is suspect. Now you're getting into things like, you know, agendas of population control and other more sinister things. So to someone who's, I want to get more into vaccines a little bit here, but first of all, for someone who says, well, come on, all these things are not in vaccines. That's all a myth. Is there something that someone who goes into a doctor's office and they're, they're there to get a vaccine? Is there a you know, something on a box they can look at of the ingredients or how can someone really know what's in there? Well, it's simple. You just don't need to know how to read. You just go on, go on the internet and go to the CDC's own websites. It's all listed there. So when people say that, no, this is lies and this is, it's like, you must not know how to read because the only way that you can say that it's not in there is if you literally don't know how to read the English language. This is all public information. And there are books that have been written about it. There's information, there's resources, there's studies that are published on this. But again, mainstream media prevents information from being disseminated. And then there are these trolls that are out there paid to create discourse and create doubt. And then you got the fact checkers on Facebook and, you know, they're not checking any facts. They've got an agenda. So they will, I've just been blocked from my own private group that I started with a couple thousand people. These are people that have gone through contracts and everything. And I myself can't post on my own group because I've got this fact-checking. They fact-checked me on things such as like HR 6666 and said, that's not true, even though it's exactly verbatim what the website, uh, the, the .gov website that lists uh, House Resolution 6666 says. So these fact-checkers, so-called fact-checkers, they, they, they're paid uh, assassins to go out there and character assassinate people and create misinformation. They're, they're no different than any other counterintelligence insurgence group that goes in there, creates discourse, gets people upset, and then they pull out, letting the natural disgruntlement that people have start to fight against itself. They want to create division. They are not about true information. And, you know, all the social media platforms and mainstream media, they're all complicit in this. That's on the least side, they're complicit. You know, on on a higher side, it's it's an organized systemic uh, attempt to censor the truth and you know which what type of communities or what type of countries what type of societies i should say are known for censorship good question well we were talking with dr rashid batar on the health awakening stay with us we'll be right back And welcome back to The Health Awakening. We are now talking with Dr. Rashid Batar, and we're talking all about vaccines and the COVID-19 and where do we go from here. So, uh, Dr. Batar, this show is going to be aired in the United States uh, just as we are coming out of quarantine and reestablishing the economy. So what do we need to be looking out for? What's coming up next here? Well, the way the human body works is that the more 
you stress the body out, the more susceptible the body becomes to opportunistic infections. Opportunistic infections are basically, it's my own terminology for describing when an individual, uh, the physiology is set up to become more susceptible to catching an infection. So that would be if you have heavy metal toxins on board, you have persistent organic pollutants, you've been immunocompromised, you've had a transplant, uh, you're diabetic. These are all people that have been, they're in a state of immunocompromised uh, status. Their immune system has been hit, if you will. So they become more susceptible to opportunistic infections. They need to have an opportunity. These pathogens need to have an opportunity to set up house. So these are the viruses, the bacteria, spirochetes, mycoplasma, yeast, fungi, parasites, etc. So COVID-19 falls into the, into the opportunistic category because it's a virus. Now, when people have been stressed out, wearing a face mask, which is now creating restriction of oxygen into the person, it's also preventing the ventilation of carbon dioxide. So you're breathing back carbon dioxide every time you breathe through the mask. And of course, not to mention the stress, the chronic stress of having to uh, suck oxygen through a mask then increases your cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, which throws you into a sympathetic mimetic drive, which is a flight fight response. So you're in a sympathetic dominant tone now. It's like having your foot on an accelerator in, while the car is in park. You know? So you're revving the engine higher. This is all going to increase stress in the body. Um, not to mention that putting a face mask on, trying to prevent a virus from entering is like trying to build a chain link fence and trying to prevent a mosquito coming through that chain link fence. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Um, and of course, not to mention the fact that even Dr. Fauci on national news said that there was no point in wearing a mask. And now, of course, you see him wearing a mask because you know, you, you've know you seen footage of the everybody wearing masks and news, mainstream media wearing masks during a live stream broadcast. And then as soon as the camera stopped rolling, they all take the masks off. So now you've got people that are coming out of quarantine. They're stressed out because financially they don't know what's going on. They're stressed out because they don't know if they're coming out and they're going to catch something. Their immune systems are already susceptible because they've been kept closed in in homes. So they haven't had the normal uh, indoctrination that the immune system normally gets from uh, exposure to normal pathogens that are out there. On top of that, now they've got their, their cortisol flying high, they're stressed, and they're just more susceptible to catching any kind of infection. So that's going to start happening. People are going to start having, experiencing some sickness as they come out. That's one. There's three components to this. That's the first component. The second component is that there's the, the new technologies that are being rolled out. And these technologies, like the 5G technologies, for example, these technologies, they don't have anything to do with COVID-19 at all. No matter what anybody says, it has nothing to do with that. However, the studies have clearly shown, over 2,000 studies have clearly shown that the exposure to these radio frequency electromagnetic fields that we're talking about have a significant detrimental effect on the immune system, a significant deleterious effect. In fact, the incidence of cancers at 1.8 gigahertz becomes very prevalent, and 1.8 gigahertz is 1.8 billion, with a B, billion hertz. And the technology that's being rolled out is going to be around 60 gigahertz all the way up to 300 gigahertz, which is 60 billion to 300 billion hertz. Now, this is pretty significant. And anything that renders the immune system more susceptible is going to have an impact on the, on the body. Whether or not you have a COVID-19 or not has nothing to do with it, but it's totally a separate component. And then the third component on top of both of these is now you've got the uh, prediction that there's going to be a second wave of COVID-19. Well, these people getting sick from this technology exposure, as well as coming out of quarantine, is going to make people sick. And they're, they've already talked about the vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. They've got thousands of people that want to get the vaccine.
vaccine. They're going to run for the vaccine. Please give me the vaccine. Well, when those people get the vaccine, those people are going to get injured. And some of those people, most of those people are going to die from the vaccine. And I can tell you that because this is, this is not a new thing. They've done this every single time. We'll, we can go back and look at the H1N1. We can look, go back further and look at other components there. In fact, Bill Gates himself has said that 700,000 people they anticipate will die from, uh, from the vaccines, uh, from, from the generation of the vaccines as they're developing them. And that's part and parcel of what they think is going to happen. It's the normal price to pay, supposedly, of development of a new vaccine, especially if they're rushing it to market, et cetera, et cetera. Regardless, the, the proponents of the vaccine have already talked about the dangers and getting people ready for that. And yet they've got volunteers already lined up to take this, these vaccines, these, these new vaccines that some of them, if you're talking about the one from Moderno, has never been studied in animals, has never been, in fact, they've never produced anything consumable by humans, they've never made a vaccine, and it's gonna be the first commercially available retrovirus RNA vaccine, which basically rewrites our DNA. And now you're talking about some very disturbing things. They've even said that they don't want people having sexual intercourse while they're getting these vaccines because they don't want, and they haven't said why, they just said that that's one of the requirements, but that's because hmm. they're concerned about reproduction, that God forbid, if a child is conceived and they're doing the experimental vaccines and something's wrong, they don't want that association to be public information. So the point is you're going to have three things that are going to cause people to get sick as these uh, restrictions are relaxed. And as we start coming back, you've got people getting sick from just coming back out in the environment and their immune systems have been, you know, run to the ground. You've got people getting exposure to this new, uh, the radio frequency electromagnetic fields that are being generated, this new technology. And you got going to have people that are going to get sick from the vaccines. And all those three things are going to be used to blame it on, they're going to be used as a, an excuse for mandated vaccines by saying, see, we told you there's going to be a second wave. And now under pretense of public safety, they're going to say vaccines are no longer electable. You have to take them. And that's what they're going to use to stop our ability to travel, our ability to work, unless you get chipped, unless you get, you know, mandatory vaccines. And you know, some people talk about that's the mark of the beast. I mean, I have no idea whether it is or not, but I know one thing that the person you're talking right now, me, I, I will not be alive because I will fight a tooth and nail. There's no way that anybody's going to chip me like a dog or a cat or a, or a horse or a cow. It's absolutely not going to happen. Indeed. Well, we'll be right back with more with Dr. Patar on The Health Awakening. Hey, I'm Scott Laird, host of The Health Awakening Show. Listen, if you're hearing this podcast right now and thinking, I like what these guys are talking about, I want to get that. Well, come over to my website, LairdWellness.com, because at LairdWellness.com, you can get all the best health products from The Health Awakening Show in one place. That's the whole point of my website. These products are the best you'll find anywhere. In fact, I use them myself. At LairdWellness.com, you can also watch The Health Awakening Show, read my blog, watch how-to videos, and lots more. So, if you hear something you like on today's podcast, you can get it right now at LairdWellness.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 10%. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. Our guest today is Dr. Rashid Batar. And Dr. Batar, I know that in the past you've said that, you know, vaccines inherently are not all bad. Uh, you know, there's just maybe the junk that they put in them. So what do we mean by that? That vaccines are, are not a bad thing. Well, I haven't said that vaccines inherently aren't bad. What I've said is the concept of vaccination is how the creator designed our body. So it totally makes sense, okay? Anything that the creator designed is inherently good. It, it's always good. You can't, you can't argue the design of the creator. I mean, tell me one machine that you know of, the more you use it, the better it gets, right? But, but the body's like that. The more you use it, the better it gets, the more efficient it becomes, the, the, the better it functions, et cetera, et cetera. So when I say that, 
the concept of vaccination is good. It's because that's how the system works. That's how our bodies work, the immune system. We allow for something foreign to come into the body. The body sees it, recognizes it, creates a memory for it so that next time it gets exposed, boom, it fights it. So that totally makes sense. So we've got this concept of vaccinations that are supposed to help our immune system be able to ward off all these potentially devastating diseases, right? Potentially devastating like the flu, like the measles. And I'm saying that facetiously because I don't know if a single person has ever died of the flu, ever. And I've been a doctor 29 years. So when they talk about report all these deaths from flu, I don't get it. I don't know what they're talking about because flu deaths, they, these people already always have something else that was wrong with them. And the flu was the thing that tipped them over the edge. But nobody dies off the flu. The flu is a self-limiting issue. There's no such thing as death from the flu. How do you treat the flu? You give them some rest. You give them some water, um, make sure that they're hydrated, give them some minerals, you know, and, and for the fever, if you want to give it some doctors prescribed Tylenol. I, I personally don't do that anymore because I used to, but I know that affects the liver, so I don't do that. But that's basically it. Anti-inflammatory, rest, and rehydration, and it goes away. Now, if a person has underlying cancer, underlying heart disease, some other issue going on, and they die, and then they blame it the flu, that's absurd. But that's what they do. Now, measles, again, self-limiting. Nobody, you know, if you have, we had our medical conference here in North Carolina last week, and we had 256 people from 15 different countries and all, all the different states within the United States. And we asked how many people have had the measles and almost everybody's arms went up, right? And how many people had the chicken pox and two thirds of the room went up? Well, these are all, and last I checked, all these people weren't dead, you know, they're all fine. But we create such a big issue with measles and, and chicken pox and this and that and blah, blah, blah. All right, so now let's look at a person uh, in 1991, the, the National Vaccine Initiative was launched. One out of 10,000 children would have autism at that point. One out of 10,000 in 1991. We started the National Vaccine Initiative. Fast forward to today, it's one out of 30 kids that have vaccine injuries that have autism. According to the Centers for Disease Control, one um, percent of the world's population has autism right now. The world's population is 7.7 .7 billion people. That means 77 million children and young adults have autism today. That is the fact. And when people say, well, that's a, autism is a genetic condition, there's no such thing as a genetic epidemic that in Basically, in 29 years, we've gone from one in 10,000 to one in 30. That doesn't happen. Now, the Centers for Disease Control released data in the 2002-2003 timeframe called the NHANES data. They showed one out of six women of childbearing age in the United States had some type of mercury, they had mercury toxicity. That was the NHANES data. The American Academy of Pediatrics released data the same year showing that one out of six children being born in the United States had some type of a neurological deficit. Now, if you start extrapolating that, you know, things start to become a little bit clearer. And mercury is just one of the poisons that are in vaccines. There's all sorts of other things. You've got foreign DNA from other species. You've got mutated human cell lines. And if people knew what was actually in vaccines, nobody would want them. That's right. Now, speaking of which, so if nobody wants us new things, say this COVID thing, come, a COVID vaccine comes out sooner than we think, everybody says, hey, this, this new vaccine's come out and it's mandatory. If it's mandatory, what do we do? It's time to remember what so many people in the United States have sacrificed their lives for, which is what we just celebrated this Memorial Day weekend. Um, and it's to celebrate and recognize how fortunate we are to have the Constitution. And the Constitution gives us the very first um, amendment is the freedom of speech, which then gives us the freedom to assemble and implied right to freedom to associate, which they're trying to prevent right now, all the social media platforms. But the Second Amendment is a right to bear arms. And that's the reason 
that uh, we should have the right to protect and defend ourselves. It's very important that we get the information, the truth out to the world so they can actually see what the real data is, that these people that are dying of COVID-19 are not dying of COVID-19. They're manipulating the numbers. They're, the CDC's own numbers have been manipulated. They've, they've changed the numbers. They've uh, taken death certificates and changing the cause of death. Um, they're lying about cause of death. I just had a friend of mine, the one that I mentioned to you earlier, uh, that that's uh, from Palestine. Uh, you know, he's uh, his neighbor. He lives in Atlanta. His neighbor uh, has a 17-year-old son who committed suicide two weeks ago. And they put down the cause of death as his form of suicide. The cause, his cause of death was COVID-19. And they've got so many different scenarios. I mean, that's a big, I'm a very popular meme, right? You fall out of a plane without a parachute, you died of COVID-19. You got shot in the head, you died of COVID-19. There are all these COVID-19 causes of death. And, and the one good thing about COVID-19 is that it has definitely been the cure to cancer and heart disease because nobody's dying from heart disease and cancer anymore because they're all dying from COVID-19. We'll be right back with more with Dr. Patar on The Health Awakening. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. We are back with Dr. Rashid Batar. Dr. Batar, thank you for your time today. We're out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity to tell everyone how to get in touch with you and see more of this information that they've probably not heard before. So where can they see you? Uh, they can go to our YouTube channel. It's under Dr. Batar. They can go to askdrbutar.com forward slash ask. And it'll give them a lot of resources. It'll allow them to participate if they want to with the next steps. We'll be writing some petitions. There's some uh, uh, action committees that have been developed. There's also the vi uh, the videos that went viral that millions were seen and then the YouTube and Facebook were taking them down. It's called COVID-19 conspiracy question mark. It was a question that was asked. The six videos, the seventh one's going to be released soon. Most of them have been censored, but if they follow those links, they'll be able to access those videos. Not only will they be able to watch them, but they can actually download them and it's completely free. There's no cost. And all I ask is people watch them and then forward them and pass them on. They may be able to censor them on YouTube and Facebook, but they can't censor them from our own devices. Dr. Batar, thank you so much for your time today on The Health Awakening. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on The Health Awakening. You can catch the replay of this episode and see our complete show archive at healthawakening.tv. For more information about our guests today and all they have to offer, please visit our website on the bottom of your screen. And please remember, the information you saw today is intended for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor do the views expressed reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result.